0: Uh, Good morning, I'm Luke. Keith took all the good teaching jokes. I'm a teacher too. (laughs) High school as well. Um, Jesus just finished telling his disciples and the crowd to love their enemies. It's got to get easier from here, right? Can't be any harder than that. When we first started talking about this opportunity for the elders to come up and share and share the Sermon on the Mount, we read through it. and It was pretty evident, um, the section that, that God was working on in my life. It's judging others. It's one he's been shining a light on and one he's been convicting me of. I need to start off with today with just a time of confession and asking for forgiveness from many of you in the crowd. One specific way I've judged some of you in the past is uh, the choices I see people make for their families around Sundays. I have judged what some families truly value when they have their children involved with activities that leave them unable to be involved in church activities. I've asked myself, what do these families truly value? What do they put first? And what are they showing their children is truly important of the life of their family. As we're going to see in the reading today, God has a sense of humor, and the irony is not lost on me as I look to where my family would be sitting and my wife and daughter at a volleyball tournament. things that I judge, God shows me, it happens in my life too. All right, so let's go into Scripture. We're going to pick up uh, Luke 6, verse 37. "'Judge not, and you will not be judged.' "'Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. "'Forgive, and you will be forgiven. "'Give, and it will be given to you. "'Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, "'we put in your lap. "'For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you.'" He also told them a parable. "'Can a blind man lead a blind man? "'Will they not both fall into a pit? "'A disciple is not above his teacher, "'but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher.'" Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. And I'm going to have to stay on my script today, or I'm going to run over. It's the last two verses that I mainly want to focus on today, more commonly referred to as the speck and the log. Jesus uses a bit of hyperbole or humor here to get the point across to the crowd. I mean, how absurd of a question is this that he's asking? How can you notice a speck or a particle or a piece of dust in your brother's eye when you yourself have a log? And when they're talking about a log, they're not talking about a two-by-four. They're talking about a log that supports the center of a house. Is it possible for someone truly not to notice that log? Another way to ask this question is why is it easier to notice the speck that were faults in another person versus your own. And in my, I, my own life, I can say, it's easier for me to focus on someone else's life because if my attention's on them, it's not on my own life. I can look at the sin in their life and try to correct that without having to look at the sin in my own life. It's also easier to point out these faults because we don't have the emotional attachments. We don't know the background story. We don't know the baggage. We don't know the reasons that have helped guide others' choices to make those decisions. Whereas in my own life, I know I'm emotionally involved. I know the baggage I know the background knowledge that led to those decisions, and I'm emotionally involved. It makes it easier for me to justify than rationalize my own choices. In many of the circumstances and many of the times when I find myself being judgmental, I can look back and clearly see that during those times, I was relying on my own knowledge or my own mind and my own emotions or hearts in judging that situation when I look back in scripture and I look about what scripture says about relying on our own hearts and our own minds, Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Jeremiah 17 talks a little bit about the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Scripture clearly shows us that relying on our own minds and hearts will not leave us on solid ground. And in my case, has led to times of being judgmental. We'll see shortly how God desires for us to become more like him and better handle these situations. Now, how does Jesus refer to these people who are being judgmental? Jesus labels those who are more concerned about the speck in their brother's eyes and not the log in their own eyes as hypocrites. Hypocrites is one of those words that's thrown around in our society pretty regularly. It's leveled at the church quite a, quite a bit. So what is a hypocrite? It's simply someone who practices hypocrisy. This means we need to kind of unpack what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Jesus is saying we judge people by standards that we struggle to live up to. As much as we try to hide the hypocrisy in our lives, it's usually pretty evident to those around us. It's hard to hide a big beam in your eye. But others notice it immediately. Unfortunately or fortunately, the church, just like the world, is filled with hypocrites. Luckily for us, the verses don't end there. If we continue on in the verse, Jesus doesn't say that we shouldn't try to help our brothers with a speck in in their eye. He says we must first remove the log or the sin that is present in our own lives. And only then will we see clearly to be able to remove the speck in our brother's eyes. I want to talk about a few ways um, scripture has helped direct me in trying to notice and remove the log that is in my eye. James 4, 8 um, tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God's desire is for each and every one of us to be in relationship with him. He is often referred to as the good shepherd and if we think about what a shepherd does. A shepherd lives with his sheep. A shepherd is concerned with the food, the protection, where they go. He travels with them. This means he leads and guides us. He finds foods for us. He protects us. If we draw near, he promises to draw near to us. And just being near to him will drastically and dramatically change a life. 1 John 1.9 continues on. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus desires for us to bring our sins to him. And what does he say when we're willing to confess them? Does he say he judges or condemns us? Far from it. He says he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and not just forgive them. He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, Only by drawing near to Jesus and seeing our own imperfections will we desire to confess our sins and see the log there's in our own eye. Once we've seen our own sins and confessed them, we will see clearly enough to be able to remove the speck from our brother's eyes. I want to end with these challenges um, to help try to live out these last two verses. First one is draw near to God. This happens through reading His Word, through times of prayer, and by being in community with fellow believers. The second is even a little tougher: confess our sins. Luckily, in this church, I've had it modeled to me by older gentlemen confessing their sins. You know, and I'm going to encourage you guys to do that. Confess your sins to God, but do what these older men in this church have done for me. You know, they've come and they've challenged me. They've confessed their sins. So I want you. To, I'm going to, con, you know, I want to challenge you to find a friend, a brother, or a sister in Christ who can help keep you accountable to the choices and actions you make on a daily basis and confess your sins to them as well. The Christian walk is not meant to be lived out in solitude and works best when lived in community with other believers. Now join me in prayer. Lord God, let us be a church that desires to draw near to you. I pray you would transform our hearts and minds into something that more closely resembles your heart and your mind. May we be a people that is more concerned with confessing the sins in our own lives and removing our logs, and less concerned with judging our brothers. Thank you that you made a way for our sins to be forgiven, and that you desire us to live in an active relationship with you. May the rest of our worship today be glorifying to you.